I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFL podcast. Post-trade period 2018, we're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who believed he deleted the video from his phone of Shane Mumford. It's Adam Rosenbachs. Oh, g'day, buddy. You know, it was three years ago, right? So I was out at Mummy, had just done his ankle, his career was he's cooked. Yeah. And I said, mate, I've got a way that'll ease the pain, buddy. I will help you forget and so, um, you re- as you saw... In reach the- into your pocket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I know he's a big unit, so I know I'm going to have to get a little bit of good <laughs> to cover it. Because, you know, I mean, his nickname is Sausages, so, you know, the man goes hard. Yep. When, he, when he goes, he fucking goes hard. So, anyway, we put it out there, and it was the biggest thing you've ever seen, Michael. And I don't, I don't want to give away what the substance was. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to incriminate anyone. It could have just, just been flour, for all we know. Um, so anyway, I said to Shane, mate, got to go big because, you know, you're in a lot of pain mm-hmm. and this is good for your recovery. More for the rehab, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what? It'll mean that you'll, um, because if you have it all, then it'll mean you're just going to be talking shit for the next five hours and you won't even think about your ankle. <laughs> um, and your heart, you won't even feel your ankle over your heart pounding through <laughs> your chest. <laughs> And so I said, there's only one way to prove that you can do such a big uh, line of substance, uh-huh. and that is to, to film it. Because otherwise, how do people know? Like, we, we need proof. We need proof, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. If someone told you that, you'd be like, oh, I don't know if I believe it. Like, no, there's no video of him eating the sausages. Therefore, I don't believe... It happened. Uh, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not, I've never, never bought into it, and I needed video footage of it. So I filmed it because I thought that's going to be great to watch back. Yep, yep. And then... I forgot about it for three years. Yeah, on the iPhone. Yeah, left on the iPhone. Yeah, and so what I always do, I don't, I don't put a lock on my phone because I just trust everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think, who's going to want to see anything on my phone? And so I, what I did, uh, I went, I was at the pub, mm-hmm. and I went to the bathroom, and I was watching the video again, and I just left it on there, and I'd written next to it because it was on my notebook. I wrote uh, Shane Mumford taking a massive line and just... Left the phone there and then went to the toilet for a few hours and someone fucking stole it off my phone. Oh, so it's yeah. not even my fault. Yeah, stolen off your phone. That's a, that, that's the uh, that's a genuine excuse. Yeah, and, and and that's that's the sad part of all this. It's it's you know you, you can't trust society when the gone are the days when you can have a massive line and everyone doesn't fucking know about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like in the eighties, man, you could do what you wanted. No one's videoing that shit. No one's filming. And now, it. now you just can't get away with it. I. I feel for Shane. He's he's gone into rehab uh, three years late. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, question marks over that. Like, I mean, what? No, but I figure like you know, it's like the a man's pe- remorse. He's remorseful three years down the track when he got busted. Yeah, for dare. sure. Yeah, sure. I think I figure that I figure that's a PR thing more than anything. 
Um, My, oh, you. Michael, <laughs> I'm he's realised realized the error of his way <laughs> three years down the track when the video came out. Yeah. It, that's not a better time to go, oh, shit, I, I, I made a mistake. I better go to rehab. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you reckon he comes back next year, though? Uh, yeah. If you're, if you're a fellow player, tell me you don't want Shane Mumford back on the list because he's just a ruck coach now. Mm. And can you take, you know, if a, you know, when a coach gives you a bit of a spray... Can you take it from him? You go, he's probably off his chop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't listen to what he's saying. You just be getting into him. Oh, fuck off, mate. Go, go. Oh, see the fucking boundary line? Why don't you get into that, mate? <laughs> yeah, he's un- he's oh, untouchable. Well, they, here's the words. Uh, 50 metre line. He's like, yeah, I can handle that. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> so so as, as a player... Then you go, yeah, I want to play alongside that guy, uh, that that teammate, like yeah. you know, playing alongside uh, Carmichael Hunt and Harley Bennell. Those kind of players are the <laughs> ones you want on your team. So to get Mummy back in there, and you know, he's been to rehab, so he's he's fine. Yeah, squeaky clean. Good on him. Yeah. Good on him. Having a good time. Good on him. Mate, he's setting the standards. That's that's what I love about it. Is you go, you know, when they say go harder, go home. He's not going home. Mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's sticking around for six, seven hours. Now, we are, we're joining you kind of about two weeks late, I reckon, Adam and myself, by the fact that we wanted to do one uh, post-trade period, but by the fact that, um, yes. that Adam actually was on a tour following Harry and Megs around, and I was working on the Invictus Games, and so we haven't really been able to match it up. But so, Adam, so you, you, you generally went around a part of the country hanging out with Harry and Megs. Yeah, so we've both uh, we've both been delayed mm. by Harry and Megs because uh, they're at the Invictus Games, obviously. But uh, yeah, I was doing a, a I was the Royal Watcher for Triple M Radio, Kennedy Malloy, mm-hmm. and so you know they said, "Oh, they're going around the country. Can you follow them around?" And I was thinking, "Oh, Fraser Island, here we come." Yeah, yeah. Um, but I get sent to <laughs> Dubbo. So I went to Dubbo to, yeah. to watch them up there. So is that so? Take us through the process, like uh, you know, day one, day two, day three. Like, what what was your journey? So my journey was fucking long because, uh, as you can imagine, there's not a lot of flights in and out of Dubbo, and they're all like booked up by the media wanting to get in there. Yeah. So they were appearing in Dubbo on the Wednesday. I had to fly to Sydney on the Monday night, mm-hmm. stay at an airport airport hotel, which is just one of the saddest things you can do, I reckon, I've to walk a, to walk away from an airport like five minutes and then just sleep and then get up really early. I've actually never done the airport hotel. That'd be quite fascinating, yeah. Well, there's there's nothing around. It's sad. It's really shit because it's only ever like uh, when you're in transit, I guess. Like no one's going, fuck, I want to go see the great airports of the world. No, no one's staying there. Stay like there. no one, no one's, yeah. no, no tourist is going, yeah, we're going to land in Sydney and then we're going to stay at the airport for our two-week journey of Sydney. Yeah, you, you don't base yourself at Kingsford Smith Airport at the Ibis. You should have given me a yell. I could have come down and uh, said g'day. Well, I got in really late, and then I flew out really early. Okay. So it wasn't even wasn't even worth hanging out, man, because I did think about you know partying at the airport hotel, but um, yeah, it wasn't much action happening there. So I got into Dubbo, mm-hmm. and this is how small the flight was. Um, so we're flying in, propeller plane. How many people on the plane? Oh, 30? Mm-hmm. So it was tiny, and as we were sort of uh, getting ready to land, the air hostess walked down the aisle. So it was um, one seat and then two seats in the other, so a row of three. And she said to each individual person, do you need a taxi? Because they just there's not going to be a taxi rank there. They have to call a cab if you need a cab. Oh, really? That's how small the fucking flight was. Oh, dude. No Uber, no Uber and Dubbo? 
No Uber. Yeah, fuck no man. Uber. Yeah. So, so when I got in. Yeah, where do you go really to early. after you land? So I'm staying at the uh, the Fountain View Motel, mm-hmm. and it's like one of those motels that you know you could commit a murder in, and they could hose it out really easily. <laughs> You know, that because uh, it's sort of like Dubbo. If you're driving from Melbourne to Brisbane, it's sort of like a halfway point. Uh-huh. So you'd kind of stay there overnight, you know, in a shitty motel and get up and keep driving. So there was a lot of trucks stopped overnight. So there was, um, we're doing a lot of speed on the Tuesday night, which was good. Yep, off the truckers, yep. Yeah, yeah, with the boys. <laughs> and what I loved, so it was called the Fountain View Motel because I was staying it was opposite a park. And obviously there was a fountain in the park, but... The um, receptionist was telling me that the kids vandalised it so much that they removed the fountain. <laughs> <laughs> it was just easier. They went, oh, fuck this. <laughs> so so it sure really should be called like the Teenage Vandal Motel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would have suited it. Oh, fuck. The, the woman that I was uh, talking to, so she ran it. She was like, uh, she would have been in her 70s. And she was talking about when the Queen came to Dubbo in oh, like 92. Fucking hell. So there's there's been some royal watches. She goes, it won't be as good at the, as that. So you know, she was setting the bar pretty high. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I love it, the idea that uh, that Megs is like uh, saying to Harry, she's in Dubbo, and she's like, so explain to me this whole fucking being a princess thing again. Like, <laughs> you didn't bring this up on the proposal. Yeah, why do I have to go to shit house? So I was there on the Tuesday. They're not there till the Wednesday. There's not much happening on the Tuesday. There's not much action. The only kind of action there was so. Um, Megan and Harry were going to Dubbo for a picnic in the park. Mm-hmm. So they were going to come to this, um, it's called Victoria Park. It's got like the war memorial in it, big park. Everyone's going to come there. And I was just wandering through there on the Tuesday. You know, there was no security about. I was just like right next to the stage and stuff. And um, the only dangerous thing that happened, I got, I was the first time I've ever been swooped by a magpie. Oh, no way. Yeah, twice. Oh, dude, put a helmet on, put eyes on the back. Yeah, I know that now. Hmm. I didn't have access to a helmet or a spare set of eyes, but um, yeah, scares the shit out of you. Really? Have you had it? No, no, no. I haven't. No, magpies know to stay well away from me. Yeah, okay, because you're a rep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you do, like, Tuesday night? Are you just having a meal? Or... Night, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, luckily I found a pub with the cricket on, because I thought oh, there might be a bit of, uh, you know, a bit of a buzz about the town. Yeah, <laughs> there yeah. was no buzz. It was Tuesday night. And why were they in Dubbo? Like, like, what do they... Why, why do they pick Dubbo? So they went to the uh, Royal Flying Doctor Service. They went and checked that out. And then they went to a drought-stricken farm. So they said g'day to a farmer and, you know, hope you're doing okay. Yep. We haven't got any water with us, but, you know, uh, we, we, we know what you're going through, mate. And, and you got to chin up, keep, keep battling through. Okay, fast forward to the Wednesday. So when do they arrive? So I went for a run in the morning at about 7 o'clock and there were people already starting to line up. So these are the... You diehards. These are people who are still upset about the abdication in 36. So they were were like, it was starting to get like, um, you know, it was almost like grand final day. Like people had put their chairs down and they'd set up, they'd set up because there was like a fence around where the the presentation was going to happen and the the platform. And so people were starting to, you know, get their seats there early and um, get down on the fence because you want to, that's where the action is. You know, you can't see it from further back. Yeah, for sure. You get down on the fence. And then, so I got down there about 10 o'clock and they were due at about 12.30 and they didn't get there till a bit after, just about quarter to two. So they're about an hour and a bit late. Oh, really? I thought I would have thought it'd be clockwork. I thought it would be like right on schedule. No, because I think the one thing that noticed was that, uh, that Harry and, and Megan were very friendly. They were chatting to everyone uh, and they were blowing schedules out. So they were just being too nice. I didn't like it. Hey, so gotta... Adam, could they maybe have been 
drinking their own bathwater? It seemed a little bit of that, didn't it? <laughs> they needed to pull their heads in. You know, they needed people to get around them, and they didn't have it. They just didn't have the structure. Sure. sure. Uh, they were getting ahead, of, getting ahead of themselves. They were. Yeah. You know what they were doing? They were on media screen. <laughs> <laughs> As Dennis Pagan's always said with the Royals. <laughs> they were on Royal Street. Royal Street. <laughs> yeah. Once they go down Royal Street, it's fucked. So... Everyone's sort of saying, oh, they're coming. They're going to be here soon because you could um, – there was like live coverage. They have big screens in the park so yep. they could watch where they were. So you could see that they were still at the farm as it's 12.30. It's drifting towards 1 o'clock. Everyone's getting a little bit antsy. So there are like thousands of school kids. Every school kid in the area is there, yep. right? So it's fucking mayhem, right? There's kids fucking running everywhere. And then at about 12.30, uh, you could see on the horizon there was a massive, massive storm coming in with like lightning and thunder and it's coming across and you knew it was going to ruin the day, but the people couldn't complain because they're in the middle of a drought. Oh, uh, yeah. So they were kind of stuck. They're like, oh, fuck this storm. But they're like, oh, we need the rain. <laughs> and so then, right, so it starts getting really windy. The rain starts coming in. There's kids running everywhere. One teacher had lost a child. She's in tears. Oh, it's shit. Like fucking, no. Mate, it's pandemonium. Yeah. It's just pandemonium. People going fucking nuts and... And every time there was a delay, you know, they like this, they go, oh, we're going to get the school choir back out to sing. And everyone's like, oh, fuck the school. He's like, bring on the Royals. <laughs> it's like these poor kids, people are just like giving them donuts and stuff. And then finally they arrive. It's pissing down rain. They get out of the car. They don't come in the way they're supposed to come in. So there's like a long driveway that they were going to come down. And people had lined up along that driveway, yeah. but they didn't come in that way because it was bucketing down rain. They just brought them in the back section. So all these people who'd lined up to, you know, get the raw wave, nothing. So where were you? Like, what, what, what are you doing during this time? So I'm just standing there, just yeah. kind of waiting for them to come. And then when they arrive, so everyone just like rushes the fence. I'm fucking walking across picnic rugs, pushing kids out the way because I wanted to get a couple of photos of them. Yeah. And then um, by this stage, it's shit's just getting blown everywhere. Tents are flipping around, like it is bucketing down. They did really well to sort of hang about because it was kind of dangerous weather and, you know, we're all standing under trees, which are kind of lightning rods. Yep. And then they came out and, you know, we saw them and um, they sort of, you know, he said a speech and she held the umbrella for him, which everyone said was just... That's you know, right. I remember a, that. Yeah. Lovely, lovely... Such a uh, lovely gesture. Lovely moment, yeah. Yeah. Like, what else is she supposed to fucking do? Well, you can't... You, I mean, you can't really think Melania would do something like that. Oh, okay. You reckon she'd be back in the car? Not good in the wet. Yeah, I, I, I get, I get the strong feeling she doesn't want to hang out with that bloke right now. <laughs> and so then, am I right? You went to Melbourne to follow them as well. Uh, I did, but uh, when I got back to the, um, uh, before I get back to Melbourne, when I got back to the motel, I was talking to the the lady who was running the motel, and you know, you know how sometimes people say country people can be a little bit backwards. They say that. I've heard it. They say it all the time. What are you coming with? What do you got? And so I'm talking to this lady and um, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, she, she went down there. And she's like, oh, yeah, I saw, saw Megan. And, you know, during the wedding, you know, I was watching the wedding and, and she, looked, she looked very, very pale, very, very white, didn't she? And I was like, oh, yeah, where's this fucking girl? <laughs> and then she goes, and then she's like, yeah, but I, I saw her today. She's, she's very Negro. Oh, fuck. And no. I was like, yeah, I might, uh, might just go back to my room now. Fucking and, um, hell. I might, uh, might check out. <laughs> oh, fuck. Might not hang around here. Who uses that word? Oh, dude. Dude, no. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> so you just you're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I you know they had smashed Avo, so some parts have advanced uh, in, God. And, and other parts they're a little bit, a little bit uh, rusted on. And uh, and so okay, you um, I uh, no, actually didn't you go to the RSL for the uh the post the post game? No, all all that kind of got after the rain. Everyone was everyone was really annoyed at the way it was handled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all functions afterwards were like, yeah, no, this we're not celebrating anything now. This is this is no fun. Okay. It got ruined. So because gotcha. people were really people were really pissed off at how long they were, how late they were. And the fact that it was rained out and, you know, it just wasn't a pleasant day in the end. So Gotcha. And so then you followed them to Melbourne, am I right? Yes. So, you know, because I love my Royals. Yeah, you love as, them. As you know. Yeah. Uh, flew down to Melbourne and then they were in Albert Park. They get on. They had a tram ride. They had a tram ride. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And so they bulletproofed the tram. No way. Yeah. So over the windows, they had like these big uh, perspex sort of guards and just, you know, in case people want to take pot shots at fucking Royals or just to protect them from people who are on the tram. Now, did, I, now did they tap on with the Mikey? No, <laughs> were, there, were there inspectors on each side who came on, checked their tickets? Yeah, there were inspectors. They were undercover. So, you know, you can't tell which ones the undercovers are because it's just, you know, a dude in a Catmandu outfit, you know, you know <laughs> oh, hanging out with someone he would never hang out with. Yeah. Um, but see, they they got they were on a tram that went through Albert Park, and if you're not from Melbourne, Albert Park's a lovely, a nice, mm. you know, lovely area. I wanted them to go on the 86 tram, go down Smith Street. Absolutely, get some characters on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just you know, someone going, "What the fuck are you looking at?" <laughs> to, to Prince Harry, I think that would be great. That's that's the Australia that he needs. To yeah, see. that would have been perfect. That would have been perfect. Yeah, so uh, they got off the tram. I happened to be on the right side of the tram for the, to see them exit, and I got a lot closer than I did in Dubbo. Like, they walked off the tram, they were kind of waving to the crowd, and then they went across and uh, went to the beach, and then I fucked off. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so that was my royal excitement. Well, I had a bit of fun. So I've been working on the uh, Victor's Games uh, kind of daily wrap-up show over the last week of the ABC, and uh, let me think. So I spotted... Uh, they did the closing ceremony, and so I went to get something to eat, and then realised I was like about ten metres behind Megs and uh, Harry, and then oh, yeah. went for a bit another another bit of a walk, and they walked by me. I was, was they're about ten metres away, and I was like, "Oh, there's like Megs and Harry in the flesh." Was there was there high security around them? They had two kind of guards at the gateway of their bay. Yep. Uh, and they had a few cops hanging around there. And then when they walked by me, they had a kind of a kind of cocoon of security. Uh, yep. And then a little later in the day, about an hour and a half afterwards, I saw ScoMo wander by, and that was a bit less of a thrill <laughs> <laughs> because he's a low dog can't. Is he? Is he tall, ScoMo? What's he? Uh, Probably average height, yeah, yeah, a bit taller than average, maybe. Um, and he had a had his uh, family with him, a couple of kids, and so I thought, yeah, best not bring up the fact. Just shout out randomly, you're a fucking low dog cunt in front of your kids. Was he within spitting distance? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I was like, mm. I, could, I could fucking do a number on you, fucking now, all right, mate? <laughs> yeah, but you didn't, mate. You fucking let us I didn't. You down. No, no, I just kind of looked at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Harry was there in the flesh, and Megan gave a great speech. And the uh, Invicta Games, if you want to check it out, check out uh, iView and all that kind of stuff, because uh, it actually was pretty fucking sweet. Did you get to meet many of the competitors? Yeah, yeah, a handful. Yeah, and we have worked with um, people like um, uh, Damien Tomlinson, Curtis McGrath, 
during the game. So they're, kind of, they're regulars. Um, Damien, actually, Damien's a, um, a double amputee, Curtis double amputee. Um, uh, but uh, Damien um, actually has a role in um, Haxtell Ridge. So if you've seen Haxtell Ridge, you would have seen Damo. Okay. And as, you know, as someone who has been to Afghanistan and Iraq, I do understand what all these boys have gone through. We're on the same, pretty much the same level, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, no, you're a hero too. You're a hero too. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Thank you. Did they speak of me a lot? <laughs> they, they, they didn't bring you up, only by the fact uh-huh. that they, they probably talk about you too much. <laughs> so they, they, they didn't bring you up too many times. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. It's a shame. Should we get into... Let's uh, talk footy. Yeah, let's... Let's actually talk footy. <laughs> about 20 feels, minutes in. <laughs> it feels so weird that, uh, you know, we're um, this far away from the draft. The, the trade feels ages ago. The draft's still to come. There's, the AFL need this fucking dead zone filled in. I know, I know. We feel like um, like they're probably back at the clubs now. Like, they're now probably running around and, you know, being fitter than they've ever been. Well... I think a fair few clubs, it's the first to four years go back first, and then two weeks later, it's your bloody veterans who, you know, they've been around the block. Yep, sure, sure. So the big trades, so what would be the big ones? So May to Melbourne? Yeah, Stephen May, I think. Uh, Jesse Hogan. There was that one, you know, where the dominoes had to fall, Michael. We just needed one to happen, and then they all happened. Yeah. I watched, like, the last hour and a half of um, Trade Radio live in the flesh. And how was it? Dude, it was fucking fascinating. And also, they had a they had a camera in the room where they essentially fill out the paperwork. And oh, yeah. you're like you're like watching that room going, "Oh fuck, it's gonna happen! It's gonna fucking happen!" But then they walk did in. They have did they have the behind the whiteboard vision? Well, that's, that's the thing. Like that's it pretty much was. Me. It pretty much was. There's like three old dudes sitting on a, on a table, and the big one, yeah. the big final one, was Dylan Shield, if I remember correctly, going Westerdon. Yes, that's correct. And they walk in, and and you're watching paperwork happening, but you like go, this, <laughs> this is fucking exciting, it's so exciting. Did you know that is the most traffic the AFL website has had all year? Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So so people are fucking mad for it, like, and so that was big one, that Dylan Shield one, and then. The stories were kind of coming out that um, Shield it may not get done because mm-hmm. they're sort of like, oh yeah, first rounder and you know pick thirty four or something. And GWS are like, how's it get fucked sound? Yeah, yeah. Like it's a, f- it's. But weren't Carlton? Weren't Carlton making a late play as well? Well, we were sniffing around because mm. we thought it was going to fall over. So yeah. I, I don't know how much of a realistic chance the Blues thought they were, but they were just like, well, here's what we can offer you if it does fall over because you know. It would have fallen over at the last second, and then you need to have something on the table. And you weren't offering pick one, were you? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Yeah, I, gotcha. I think we're offering um, pick one for next year, yep. which will be um, – or sorry, first round for next year, which will be probably pick, pick one. Uh, two? <laughs> no, no, no. You've got to have confidence, mate. Pick two. <laughs> so so that, was, that was massive. Like when Frio, you know, talking Jesse Hogan, and they're like um, – yeah, we're talking to him, but we're gonna we've done our due diligence. That's mm-hmm. what that's the big key word in in uh, trade week is you got to do your due diligence. Yeah, yeah, sure. Doctors have been and sent they, to Vegas to check up on players. Well, we'll we'll come back to Jesse Hogan, but with that Ryan Burton one, so that's what you're talking. Yeah, about, yeah. In the in the Port Adelaide Hawthorne trade, you know, they Hawthorne got rid of Ryan Burton. He's a very good player, but. What I don't understand, Port Adelaide sent their doctors over to Las Vegas to give him a physical or whatever. He played almost every game for the Hawks this year, didn't he? Yep, pretty much, yeah. So what do they think's happening? Do they go, oh, he's probably, he's probably really unfit, but Hawthorne deliberately played him just so we'd take him 
even though oh, there's no way he's going to play ever again. Gotcha. Like, he's rope, played rope rope 20 dope. games. Rope Isn't that enough? Yeah, exactly. Like really, really long planned rope dope. Yeah. Um, so let me think. The top ones were uh, May to Melbourne, um, Wingard and Scully to Hawthorne. Do you want to make fun Tom of me Scully. for Scully, by any chance? Fucking Tom Scully. You, you're fucking kidding me. Like, <laughs> he's one of the best players at GWS, if not their best runner. And you guys get him for what? Was it pick, pick 53, I think. Yeah. Fuck you. Which means that they either think his ankle is shot and so no good, and Hawthorne believe they can get it right. And how's you? I mean, you know, you don't even have your fitness guy anymore. He's gone to gone, gone to you, Carlton. yeah. So they think because they've got Jaeger, Oma, uh, Jaeger O'Meara running around that all of a sudden, oh, we've we've fucking our physical guys worked are it so out, good. yeah, can... yeah. But it was a brutal injury from um, Scully earlier in the year. Well, he's completely torn up his ankle, hasn't he? Yeah, it's like a car, like like a car crash. Twisted, yeah, yeah. Um, so what I'm saying is, I hope that he never plays another game of football. And then very late in the game, too, Dame Beams got done as well. Uh, came back to Collingwood. So what do you think of that? Like, Beams saying, I, I want to go back to Melbourne to be around, you know, family and stuff, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. But once he does that, does he not... Does he earn the right to choose which team? Like, he just, you just want to be in Melbourne, don't you? Well, isn't that the nature now? Like, you know, people kind of pick the team they want and they eventually get there? Well, yeah, I suppose so. That, that, yeah, it, it was a weird one because Brisbane, had they kept him, would have looked like, um, you know, a really exciting team next year. But now, you know, they get Lockie Neal, but then they lose Beams, which is a big, a big loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, I was reading an article about uh, Lockie Neal and um, you know how players are always like, nah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going there, mate. I haven't even, I haven't even spoken to him. I don't even know, you know. Yeah, my girlfriend's bought a shop up there, but that's just a coincidence, <laughs> you know. We're just, it's an investment property. We haven't even thought about it. But he said here, uh, Neil said he was made aware only late in the season that his management and Brisbane were talking. Wait a second. Wait a second. I'll read it again. Neil said he was made aware only late in the season that his management and Brisbane were talking. So the management went for it. Yeah, they came to him and said, hey, mate, you happy with Freya? He goes, I love it. I love Ross Lyon. We've been talking to Brisbane. Have you? Have you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll get you there. I hadn't even considered going to Brisbane. This is this management. I tell you what, fellas, you're going rogue on me. <laughs> that sounds like an enormous lie. <laughs> oh, how dare you cast aspersions on Lockie Neal like that? He didn't even know. His management did the deal. Gotcha. And now, now, like, manager, okay. we're not talking about our mate Pickers. It's not. Oh, gotcha. It's actually yeah. No, I don't. I don't think Pickers has spoken to anyone. Uh, this year. He doesn't know where anyone's going to go. He hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't even seen Trade Week. Um, so, yeah. so that, I reckon that's a huge get for Brisbane, though. Lucky Neil. And then also, I think Frio did really well by getting Jesse Hogan and Rory Lobb. So, I think they're gonna, they've made themselves particularly competitive. They've done really well. And um, also the uh, uh, evacuation of GWS. It's quite fascinating. Well, I kept saying it was a salary, you know, salary cap dump. But they got rid of Shield. Mm-hmm. Tom Scully was obviously not on as much as he was when he first went. But then they, you know, Rory Lobb's gone. Will Setterfield, who Carlton got. So you just go, you get rid of everyone. Well, it, like they don't, they don't ha- have a well. They have one Ruckman, but he's, uh, you know, he's in fucking rehab. It sounds like um, bad management that you have that many people that you have to get rid of. 
Well, I guess it's because there's no cost of living allowance, Michael. Because, you know, I mean, it's why Xavier <laughs> Richards couldn't uh, couldn't play up there because he just he couldn't afford to live. Oh, fucking hell. Fucking... And so they've got, to pay, they've got to pay overs to compensate for the rent and that blows out the salary cap in the list. Well, I think we talked about three or four years ago about the average wage being $265,000. And so yeah. I imagine that's around about three hundred grand now. Now, yeah. if you can't get a room in Sydney for that amount, then what the fuck are you spending your fucking money on? By the way, I should mention uh, Mummy with the line of whatever. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> my understanding is that's not cheap. No, not, not at that amount. So maybe they should, they should maybe do away with the extras. But like, yeah, it's really, it, it's so stupid. If, you, if you're there, you know, earning 300 grand and crying poor, it's, um, yeah, it's offensive. Offensive, Adam. Offensive. You're offended. 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 What, what's your take on getting Chad Wingard to Hawthorne? Uh, I think it'll be all right. I think we're okay. We've yeah, we had a had a fair crack at trade week. Um, in, yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah. you went, we went hard at a lot of people. In in Clarko, I trust. So how about that? In Clarko, I trust. You don't think it's all starting to fall apart down at Hawthorne? Slowly unraveling, getting dickheads into your club. No, no. Uh, you know he'll be fine. He'll be fine. No, we need a bit. Of... He does refer to himself as LeBron. You do know that. Sorry. He gets people to call him LeBron. Okay, I fucking hate the bloke right now. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go through the new rules? Well, hang on. We're going to talk about Mitch McGovern, mate. Carlton has a ready-made superstar. I think I think our meteoric rise to 16th is on the cards now. <laughs> we've, got, uh, we've got forwards. We've got backs. Yeah. We just have no midfield to kick it to them. Yeah, sure. No, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. All right, talk me through the rule changes. This is where Carlton's going to come good. In in, in 2025, you'll be fine. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> okay, so rule change. Uh, the 6-6-6 is happening. So again, I, I don't I don't hate that at because uh, it's only starting positions after a goal. Yep. Um, I don't I don't think that's worse. I was uh, flicking around um, Fox Footy last night, and there was a game between Adelaide and Melbourne from during the season, and Melbourne just got ahead, and then they threw everyone back and only had one forward. And I thought the six 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 would work here. It just might even up, and you know, so you can't just clog up the back line. Can't flood. Yep. Yeah. So I don't I don't I don't have an issue with that one. Tick from from me. Okay. Uh, at kick ins player will no longer need to kick to himself to play on from the goal square. Following a behind, the man on the mark will be brought out to 10 metres from the goal square rather than the existing 5 metres. Okay, so he's going to be sitting at the 20 metre mark, yeah. um, basically. So what, what it essentially does, if you can just play on, so you just get the ball and run, it basically means the goal square is non-existent. It's only in name only, isn't it? It's like if you take a mark in it, then they'll put you, you know, you're directly in front. But aside from that, it's just to, as a reference to measure where a Joe the Goose is kicked from. But we do lose the uh, awesome bit where the guy kicking out will kick into the man on the mark, and that's always a lot of fun. Oh, and then go back over his head. Yeah, yeah. But also, it also uh, means that there won't be any, um, you know, when they fuck up the kick out and they step on the line. Oh, yeah, sure. None of that, or when they act some, like very rarely, they'll kick it to themselves, butcher that, and then they'll get tackled at the goal square, and everyone laughs at them. And you know, give well, I actually do wonder about them uh, stepping on the line by the fact you go if you if you don't have to need to kick to yourself to play on. So if you just play on for like two meters and stand on the line and kick it out, 
could you say I'm, play, that, I'm playing on? Yeah, yeah, that doesn't exist. Yeah, okay. The, the gold square is just, it's, it's um, what would you say, cosmetic. Yeah, okay. It's just because we're so used to it. If you took the gold square away, it wouldn't change anything that's happening right now with those new rules. So it's just, they've ruined our great game, and I don't think uh, we can continue this podcast. Yep, sure. As, as it stands, like we'll have to adjust uh, our abuse. Here's a new one. Uh, when defenders mark or receive a free kick within nine metres of their own goal... The man mm. on the mark will be brought in line with the top of the goal square. Hmm. Oh, okay. So, you know, when you'd mark on the goal line and they have someone standing right there and you'd be kicking from behind the goal. So now they're just bringing that out a little bit more. I don't think, I don't think that's going to make a huge difference to the game. I think they just want to bring people further towards the middle of the ground, don't they? I think so, yeah. And also the one we've been strong on, because this, hmm. this has been the problem, uh, team runners may only enter the playing surface after a goal has been kicked and must exit before play restarts, and water carriers are not permitted to enter the playing surface during live pr- play. Yeah. Good. Good, good, good. I, I think I think hydration has ruined our great game. <laughs> We've always said that. Players are, you know, they're, um, they're not conserving their fluids as much as they need to because they haven't required. Like, they're spitting. All the time, and now, when you need that liquid, you're not fucking, you're not gobbing everywhere. You're keeping it. It's a fair go though for the, for the runner to get out of the like outer wing and then come back before the the next bounce. Like it's a, a fair hike. Well, also too, would in between a goal, like would the message not have changed? Say it's like uh, four minutes in between a goal, so he gets a he gets a message, and then what if it's a really quick goal? Does the coach have to go? Oh, fucking do this. And then he's like, what if they miss that opportunity? He doesn't get the message through in time. Because how long do you have after a goal? Like 45 seconds? Probably, yeah. Not long. That's a, fucking qu- that's a quick run to get out anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we need to, do we need to look at uh, changing who the runners are? Do you need to just get, you know, flat out? Like Usain Bolt is trying to, you know, get game for the Central Coast Mariners. Do we get him as a runner? There you go. <laughs> Saying, get to the goal square. Bang. He's there in, what, nine and a half, 11, 12 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, yeah. You handle it, yeah. Delivers a message. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, most teams aren't going to be able to do it. Okay, umpire contact. Players will be prohibited from setting up behind the umpire at centre bounces. Fair enough. Yeah, that. but I mean, again, did they need to put in a rule for that? Like, it's not that often that umpires are bumped into because, you know, there's a fine for that. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Uh, 50 meter penalties. The player with the ball must allow to advance. The uh, must allow must be allowed to advance. He can play on. He can just run because you know sometimes the person who was supposed to be manning the mark would jog slower. Yep. And then they'd wait for him to catch up. Now, if you get a 50 and that guy isn't with you, you can just can take off. You don't have yep. to. Yeah, you didn't have to go. So it sort of is an advantage, but. May not be an advantage because you haven't got the fifty yet because you've already played on twenty meters in instead of waiting to get fifty. But it's been that kind of thing where like a fifty meter is a long time, and so you have to head down. Um, so yeah, it kind of makes sense people can play on while they're um, uh, waiting to get into the action. Uh, oh, it makes absolute sense. I love it. I think it's brilliant. It's going to keep our great game moving. Kicking for goal after the siren. A player has been awarded a mark or free kick once play has ended. He will now be allowed to kick across the body using a snap or check side kick. Uh, but must kick the ball directly in line with the man on the mark or goal. I don't really know what that means, but yeah, imagine you can just do a, a, a around the corner. You can do around the corner, but you 
have to because you know how now you've got to walk straight towards a man on the mark this basically says you can start like three or four meters to the side of the man on the mark and then come around to where it would be over him so you still have to kick over him because you can't change your line yeah but they're allowing you to start your line outside the line of the man on the mark and they're marking they've relaxed the uh, hands in the back and then for ruck contest you can take it out take it out of the ruck and you won't be pinned for holding the ball but doesn't that mean that Ruckman are just going to grab it in the ruck now and cause more stoppages? Um, are you questioning the rules committee? <laughs> no, I don't want a visit from the Black Ops division. Yeah, but thanks. Fuck, they haven't saying. gone with like the eighteen metre goal square. Like that's that's the one thing out of it we could be happy about. Yeah, but I just reckon that the running out of full back is just going to be weird for our game. I think that's going to change it a lot more than people expect. Yeah. And I know it's to get you know the ball further away, so it's not just going to uh, you know outside fifty. But that's what that's what our game has been, and it just completely changes what it is. So you can basically just take off and get out to forty. Uh, I don't know, Michael. I'm not not a fan. Adam will wrap it up shortly, but uh, round one has been revealed. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. I can't wait. The countdown of days. Fuck. It's close, isn't it? Round I feel one. Feel excitement. Mm. Mm. Going to kick off Thursday, March 21. The AFL released this on Saturday night, I think, if I remember correctly. Oh, the prime time to release a fixture. Thursday, March 21, Richmond yeah. and Carlton. It's it's traditional, and it's it's just a great way to start off the season for, um, for no one, uh, basically. <laughs> Eight-point game. Uh, Friday, March 22, Geelong and Collingwood at the G. That's an interesting one. It usually, do they usually play? Of course, they have to hold off Hawthorne and Geelong for the uh, for the Easter weekend, don't they? Yep, yep. Uh, Melbourne Port at the G again on Saturday. Hawthorne oh, and they're really, Adelaide. They're really giving the MCG a bit of a workout early on, aren't they? Three games very quickly. Uh, then Adelaide and Hawthorne at Adelaide Oval, eight eight point game. Uh, yep. Bulldogs and Swans at Marvel Stadium, the new Marvel Stadium. Official, the first game at official. Marvel. Fuck, that is going to be great. Then we got Brisbane and Eagles at the Gabba. Oh, that's a shame that the West Coast don't get you know the chance to unfurl the they flag. They can't unfurl the flag, one. yeah. They should do that Very in week one. Uh, yeah. Saints and Goldie at Marvel again on the Sunday, and oh, then fuck, I don't know if Marvel is big enough. <laughs> Round one's to kill the Gold Coast at one ten. I mean, I, I'd like I'd start. Preparing now. No, for that's that one. that's like, an eight shaper, and by the fact, I mean the bottom mm. of the eight shaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's a that's a bottom two shaper. <laughs> and then Giants and Bombers at Spotless. So uh, did they? Do you reckon they put that on? Because I can't imagine that those two would want to play first up, and I don't know if they have before, but just purely because Dylan Shield has gone to the Bombers. I do wonder. Think that's... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but like that's actually the big thing that will happen in that game. Like uh, Dylan pops on a uh, Bombers top. Oh mate, they'll be into him. And then Freo North at Optus Stadium uh, on the Sunday afternoon, and I can say for probably a few million people, who gives a fuck. Uh, No, I'm uh, You know, I'm excited about round one next year I think the Blues um, We're going to lose by less than we have in previous years So it's just um, We're going to be tracking in the right direction I'm looking forward to it Shall we wrap it up, man? No, we can't There's there's 
Fucking Jeffrey Edelson and Gabby Greco news, mate. Oh, shit, dude. Fucking bury the lead. Fucking hell. Why, yeah, what was that I know, in the I first know. few minutes? Yeah, I'm sorry. I just... I, I didn't know how to break it, but they're back together. No way. Yep. No way. So so they broke up a while ago because um, uh, she, she's been in New York and working and he's been back here and, um, and he said... Uh, so... Uh, this is an exclusive with news.com.au with Jeffrey. So good on him. I mean, he's a recluse, but they got him out. They got him talking. Uh, he says, we're back together now. It's only her career that is keeping her in New York City. And as soon as the end of November, when she will have finished her latest music video, gotcha. she'll come back to Melbourne. Uh, he says her music career is going very well. And secondly, she's much more mature. Since uh, obviously since the last breakup, so she's matured in that time. And uh, here's a little fun thing you can do, junk timers, is, is go and check out her because uh, she's a rapper now, um, and her name is Glitter Fox, G L I double T A F O double X. I checked out uh, the first video that comes up, and uh, it's a doozy. <laughs> okay, she she is probably up there. Tupac. Would that, be, would that be too big to say? Like, she's as good as anyone getting around in the last 30 years in rap. She's probably going to change how rap music is viewed. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at it like now. Like, when you think great rappers, you know, you'd think maybe, you know, you've got Public Enemy, you might have NWA as the seminal guys to start it out with, of, of, you know, recent times, Eminem, stuff like that. This, mate, she blows it out. Like, I don't, I don't listen to rap, so I don't know it. But I can tell when you see Glitter Fox... Get the numbers up, junk timers. Help her out. It is a you're just going to be hooked, is what I'm hearing. And the great thing is that uh, you know we're going to have Glitter Fox living in our country. One of the world's greatest rappers will be living in Australia. And I just I would put it out to Gil McLaughlin. There's your fucking grand final entertainment. Yeah, basically. Sorted. Yeah, yeah. Worked it out. Yeah. She lives in the country, people. Yeah. Go check her out. Perfect. Perfect. So maybe that could be if she does perform here as a junk time group, we could all go and see Glitter Fox perform uh probably at marvel stadium you would think yeah fill it out yeah okay so they're back together and i just think that that just it just shows that love conquers all michael love conquers all as jack watts has proved (laughs) over this last couple of years love conquers all (laughs) we're gonna wrap it up we are junk time apple pod at gmail we are junk time apple pod on facebook and twitter we're gonna hit the road rosie we'll talk shortly before the draft. Yes. Go Hawks. Go Royals.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 